The 369th episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dogs Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Yo, Generinos, and welcome to episode 369 of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I can't wait for another 100 episodes from now. It's going to be lots of fun. Um, thanks for coming to the show. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Fox. This episode is going to be dedicated to the future Macy Barber. We're going to talk about her lots this episode. My uh, co-host uh, insisted that we talk a lot about her, so we will very, very you soon. Know, I, I, know you're, I know you're trying to make me mad right off the bat. No, but I actually, I actually have a lot of Macy Barber takes, and not all of them are hate. <laughs> Ooh, that's Daniel Gumby reeling you here in front. We guys will just jump right into it. Hi, Daniel. Hey, what's Gumby? up? I, you, you can't. You're, you're clearly trying to provoke me. So, like, I, I we got to start <laughs> there. We got to start with the provocation, and then we'll we'll get to. So, do you want to? No, we got to start by talking about Leah Tapuria. But anyway, you I do. had to get my my two cents in on Macy Barber, uh, and and tell you that. Not all of my Macy Barber takes are going to involve gratuitous amounts of hate today. Yeah, I was going to ask you if if anything has changed, and now we're going to find out. So everyone, this is a good teaser. People are going to want to listen to this because uh, Gumby is a is a hater. Maybe maybe is changing. So um, our picks mediocre, but but Gumby Gumby's weren't mediocre. Gumby came through in in the clutch because he hit two. He hit a plus one seventy and a plus one seventy five dog. Um, I hit a plus one seventy five dog. We had a little help from the judges, uh, though, of course. Um, well, not of course. Usually, it seems to swing the other way, but we had a little bit of help from the judges. Kind of a weird night of of fights. Um, some good ones, some not so good ones. Lots of decisions. Some interesting scorecards. Um, an eye poke. You know, all, all, everything. Uh, groin strikes. Everything we love about MMA, right? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, the eye poke was one of the grossest ones I've ever seen. So it must be on your phone then? A close-up of Justin Hoffman's uh, eye? I, I think I tweeted it. but <laughs> Of course, there you go. You can count on Gumby. I'm always there on for Gumby. you. Yeah, I'm there for you. Yes. All right, we probably should jump into the lovely event because these um, recap ones always seem to go on long because we have opinions we have takes people uh before we get into all that we got to tell you about bird dogs bird dogs make you look good that's why we got to get into it bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dogs shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton Bird Dogs fixed this issue, fixed is the word, this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that look just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Gumby said he was going to hang out at the beach in Bird Dogs, not, not go in the water. I saw a video of Gumby wading in water, so he's a liar. Now, what, what else are you going to do with Bird Dogs and make half of it a lie? Now, now that I'm done, I'm probably going to play some wiffle ball. It's wiffle ball season, my man. Really? You play wiffle yeah. ball still? A lot. Of, oh, yeah. A lot of wiffle ball. I want to play wiffle ball. Why do you <laughs> have to live so far away? I, I don't Why know. Why can't you move by me? Isn't, it still, like isn't, there still, isn't there still snow up there? No. It's summer, finally. 
Do you have like a league you play in or what? No, no. I just play a lot of wiffle ball with my, my comrades. <laughs> oh, so much fun. You have comrades too. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so jealous. Uh, hopefully all of them will be rocking the bird dogs. Uh, if they're not already, here's what they got to do. They got to go to bird dogs, like B I R D D O G S dot com slash pool and enter promo code P O O L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's bird dogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you have, have you seen like um, videos or like uh, photos of like the wiffle ball leagues where they have like fancy, like mini stadiums built and everything. I mean, it's almost exclusively what comes up in my recommended reels. On yeah. Oh, it's so amazing, <laughs> eh? Guys like jump guys, like dive over the wall to catch the ball and stuff. It's yeah, so great. It's, it's pretty, you... it, it's pretty much just that on, uh, on the top turtle MMA Instagram is, is recommended <laughs> reels. I'm pretty sure it's all yes. I watch. So, <laughs> um, do you, are you a pitcher in with ball? This is a with ball podcast now, by the way, if anyone, wants, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Pitch? I, I, no, I try to, I try to stick to hitting. I'm a much better hitter in with ball than I was in baseball. So. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Now let, let's get into it. Uh, what we're going to get into is UFC on ABC Emmett versus Tapuria, June 24th. It went down last night, Jacksonville, Florida, 14,101 people. In the Vice Stars Veterans Memorial Arena, they saw a main event, uh, one side of main event. Ilya Tapuria put a beating on Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett wasn't off putting looking enough. Then, boy, last night, uh, really, uh, really didn't help his case at all. 50 44, 50 42, 49 45. Like I said, we had some interesting scorecards last night. Uh, it's strange that you'd have three trained judges watching the same fight have scores so widely. Uh, uh, a wide range, widely varying, like those those scores cards were. We had Tapuria minus three thirty, right for us. Yeah, I mean that first and last judge had pretty much the same exact scorecard, right? Like the the first and last judge basically just had the first round being a coin flip, which I, I think you know even some people in the Discord said the first round was a coin flip, and then both of them uh, gave a 10-8 fourth to Tapuria. So like yeah. th- th- those two were pretty much on the same page. The difference was the other judge gave a 10 8 third and a 10 7 fourth, which, by the way, it's only the fourth 10 7 uh, we've seen in, in UFC history, which is pretty crazy. I think it was deserved, though. Like, like I think the amount he was beating Josh Emmett by, I think a 10 7 is is completely reasonable. Um, I'll also just say this, like. This was a really bad fight to book in terms of competitiveness but a really smart fight on the UFC to be like, how can we, how, how can we sell this guy to a large audience? Right. Because he is already, he's already clearly won over the Spanish and the Georgian fans. Right. Because like there were yeah. some very famous soccer players out there to watch him. Um, I believe Sergio Ramos was there. Like he, he draws a crowd of Spaniards. Um, and, and obviously, like I said, Georgians love him too, but also this, they they put him up against the person who he is going to look the absolute best against, right? Josh Emmett just coming off of losing to Yair Rodriguez and doing so pretty much just by being like slower on every single step and not being able to catch him with the big right hand that he loves to throw. And they were like, what if we got a guy who is equally as fast and potentially better on defense? Because that's the thing I think we learned about Aliyah Tapuria the most here is that like, not only is he crazy fast, not only does he have great knockouts and is super accurate with his striking, but man, his footwork defensively there 
was so good. Like his ability to get away from Emmett and stay out of range and to like roll with any punch that Emmett did come close to, to hitting like, man, I mean, that's why he came out almost unscathed after 25 minutes. He looked amazing. Um, I, I think, you know, immediately after the fight, I was like, give him Max Holloway. I kind of want to see that rather than Max Holloway beating the hell out of Korean zombie. Um, but I'll say this, like, I, I'm fine with him jumping Max Holloway, right? Not every single title run has to go through Max Holloway. Right. I, I think he's proven he's fun enough to fight Volkanovski. Am I wrong? No, no, for sure. Yeah, Max Holloway just ruins everyone's parade. Reigns on the parade. Um, I don't know that he Every would, challenger, I, basically. I don't know that he'd ruin Tapuria's. I, I mean, I think the length yeah, would know. give Tapuria a little bit of trouble. But man, like the defensive boxing and the speed of Tapuria, I, I think makes that fight super entertaining. But again... Uh, why just with Max Holloway when you could just catapult him, uh, to fight Volkanovski right after Volkanovski tears, uh, Yaya Rodriguez apart. Like I know he's going to spoiler alert. Gumby, he's going to, he's going to kill him, dude. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, Tapuria passed another test, um, remains undefeated. Looked, looked good in the process. Um, a lot of us were betting on him getting a finish sheet, which he did not. That's the only thing I guess we can take away. The only negative we can take away, uh, take away from that performance. Do we have to talk about the co-main event? I guess we do. Macy Barber steamrolled our girl, Amanda Hebos. TKO punches and elbows, 342 into the second round. She destroyed Hebos close to finishing in the first round. Hebos was basically uh, turned the tables and was doing the same to Barber the early parts of round two until, um, Barber turned it on again, overpowered her, grounded and pounded her way to victory. Um, all right, let us have it, Dan. Is Macy Barber good at anything? Yeah, power. Yep. Yeah. I, and, and this was, you know, we, we've asked this question a bunch of times in effort to disparage Macy Barber. What is Macy Barber good at? And we both usually just sit here and go, huh, nothing. Uh, but like, here's the thing. And it's not just the knockout head kick. Um, or the head kick that that put Hebas on skates that she eventually finished up on. But it's the the elbows in short range in that first round made me go, oh, shit. Like, because, you know, I said in order to win this fight, she'd have to be a bully in the clinch and she'd have to out-bully Hebas, and I didn't think she could. And to the for the most part, she didn't, right? Hebas got uh, had an arm throw in there. Hebas came up on top in the grappling. Um, but the difference maker in that clinch was she was able to generate a lot of power in a very short amount of space um, with those elbows. And then obviously from distance, while Hebos was hitting some things and, and clearly getting stuff going in that second round, it, it just didn't have the same pop on it that Barber did, which, you know, it, there's not a lot of women at flyweight who are out there, you know, really hurting people with their hands. So for, for Macy Barber to have done that, you know, like I, I think it's pretty impressive and it clearly is showing it's clearly showing some level of growth, right? Because she was not doing this when she was first signed to the UFC, right? She was not doing this in the Alexa Grasso fight. She wasn't doing it in the Maverick fight or the De La Rosa fight. Like she's turning it up uh, in a really meaningful way. So, um, you know, props to her on that. Uh, I think she, I still think she's going to have trouble with some of the higher strikers in this division. Like, you know, the, uh, you know, not to jump her right to Manol Firo, but like to somebody like Manol Firo, she's going to have a lot of trouble because I don't think she's that good defensively yet. 
um, as was really evident by that first half of the the second round there. But I do think her power is going to get her out of a lot of problems. So, uh, yeah, um, higher stock for Macy Barber than I ever thought I would give her. Yep, definitely. Now, he boss, are we, uh, I was a little concerned about her at flyweight. She kind of, uh, um, settled those fears, uh, over the past few fights with this one, woo, did not look good for her. Do we still like her at flyweight? I mean, like to, to be fair, like I, she got a head and arm throw on somebody who is probably bigger and physically stronger than her. She almost gave twice, up her I back. Think. Is she not? Uh, at least, at least she might go twice. Yeah. I think she took her down twice, but only one head and okay. arm throw. If I'm not mistaken, okay. but like she, she hit that. And then Barbara almost took her back because a uh, head and arm throw is inherently risky, but she like, appropriately turned her body and wound up in a good position. She had another takedown later. She was getting the better of striking exchanges in that second round, possibly on the way to winning that second round. Like I, I think apart from the, the size getting her with like some real good power, I, I think she could have been on her way to winning rounds two and three there. So like before I say no, Amanda, he don't fight it uh, flyweight ever again. Like, you know, she she just ran into a really powerful chick, right? Like Macy Barber is apparently going to be one of the harder hitters in this division, which is, again, hard for me to say here. But if that's the case, I don't think you can write off Hebos because of that. And she's, you know, she's one and two at flyweight. Maybe it's just time for her to get the Montana De La Rosas of the division or the, you know, like somebody of that regard to get her on the right track that J.J. Aldrich is or something, something like that. Yeah, it's true. She she has been fed a lot of killers, savages. I mean, she got she got Chokagian in her flyweight debut. Yep. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah, and like again, Chokagian not a power puncher, but uh, you know, like damn good. So, yep. All right, what are we doing, Macy Barber? The future. I mean, I mean she got to go up in the rankings, right? Um, I haven't filled yep. out my official rankings uh, quite yet because it's maybe it's going to pain me to move her up that much, but um, she clearly needs uh, a real push forward. You know, may, maybe Caitlin Chokagian, which I think we're supposed to call her uh, Caitlin Sermon, Sermonara now. Um, oh no. An even harder yeah. last name. Yeah. It's not Chokagian anymore. I don't think, I think it's Ser- Ser- Sermonara if I'm not mistaken. It's been, um, she's been gone for a while. As much as she not, uh, it seems like she's been gone. For I mean, a while. she probably, she, my guess is she probably got married and went on a honeymoon. <laughs> Change her name. It takes yeah. time. Yeah, it takes time. <laughs> um, so somebody like her, um, it looks like Jessica Andrade is going down a weight class and not her. Uh, Firo is booked. Shevchenko is booked. Santos is booked. Blanchfield is booked. Uh, Andrade is down a weight class. So like Kaylin Sermonara is like the highest ranked woman in that division that she could go after. I mean, I guess she, how about Lauren Murphy? Lauren Murphy wouldn't be a bad play. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and, and like Lauren Murphy, she's kind of a old version of Macy Barber. Yeah, and she's Big, like strong. Yeah, she's strong as hell. Barber won't be able to throw her around. And look, yeah. hey, if she didn't, if, if she didn't get flatlined by most of those things that Jessica Andrade was throwing, like I don't know that Macy Barber's going to take her out. Yep. Um, next fight. Um, oh yeah, this is the one that Dan probably has on, on his phone. Um, Justin Toffa got about 36 eyes, uh, 36 fingers put into his <laughs> eye, uh, 29 seconds into the fight. No contest, accidental eye poke. I don't think anyone's saying that he's faking or anything like that. I was, it was pretty gruesome. No, you can just move on to the next one. 
Exactly. Next one. Do we really want to? The only one happy about this one is our, our man, Dread, Dread, knee. Dread knee, we call him <laughs> in, in the Discord. David Onama, KO punches or punch, excuse me. It was not punches. It, it was a uh, hit him and quit type of uh type of punch uh, second round 413 into it gabriel santos looked really really good until he did not yeah i would and say then, two, then he looked really really unconscious two two things about this one first of all david onama great power puncher very yeah i mean his submission defense held up so you got to give him that too mm-hmm. i would mm-hmm. just say my biggest takeaway is gabriel santos has some like growing to do on a game planning basis right because he stung onama and he was hurting onama on the feet and then he was like and now what if i jumped off of his back and tried to do an arm bar and you're like is that that really the the most efficient thing you can do right now so i think like if he learns a little bit of maybe i don't do that now um and i just finish this with the hands or i you know hit him a few more times before i go for the submission like i i think he he is still in a really good spot so um this is kind of unfortunate but you know it is what it is now before we move on to the fight after this, I do want to say we've already hit all of the bonuses for the night, by the way. Okay. Um, Tell the people. It was it was Tapuria versus Emmett, Barber versus Barber and Onama for the performance bonuses. Now, I, I just gotta throw this in here. I'm fine with Macy Barber getting that bonus. She probably deserved Boy, it. Boy, you have I, changed. I told you. Um I mean, dude, there were what was there, four finishes on the night? Yeah. There were four finishes well, on the night. What's much to choose from? One was a rear naked choke and one was a guy who had no legs left. So, you know, Onama and Barber probably deserved what they got. Definitely Onama did. Topuria Emmett is not a fight of the night, right? Unless you like, no. you're just like a bloodlust guy who is like really yeah. into watching somebody get really beat up because there were so many good fights on that night. Um, it, it seemed wrong for that one to be right. Like Joshua Van versus Shogun's Jumagulov was a sick fight. Uh, Marzikal versus Trevor Peak, no fundamentals in that fight at all, but very entertaining. Um, and even Jack Jenkins versus Jamal Emers was a good time. So uh, it seemed weird that they gave that main event the the 50k bonus because it it definitely was not the best fight. Yep, agreed, agreed. Um, all right, may as well finish off the main card. This one went went in our favor. We were all in on Brendan Allen, and he came through uh, over Bruno Silva. Submission rear naked choke 439 into the first round. Um, little concern. Uh, Allen was was trading shots with with Silva. Um, I, I guess he wasn't trading shots with him for too long because it only lasted four and a half minutes. But um, yeah, Silva is very one dimensional, which he has shown. And Allen smart wisely um, ended up grappling him for for the win. We had Allen at minus 175. But to be fair, Allen was holding his own striking too. Sure was. Like he, yep. he was he was win arguably winning there. I would say, uh, you know, this is a huge win for Allen. Like, he's probably yep. the biggest mover of the night here. Um, I, like, three years ago, he lost to Sean Strickland. I kind of want to run that back, um, especially yeah. if Sean Strickland wins next weekend. Um, I, I kind of want to run that back because, call me crazy, I think crazy. Brendan Allen beats him in a rematch. No, I, I, I was going to say, I think I would pick him as well. Yeah, he's just like... He is transformed really quickly from a guy who I was like, oh, he's a really good grappler and a shit striker and just needs to grapple more to now being a guy who I'm like, oh, his hands are pretty good Um, because it hasn't just been, you know, it wasn't just the Bruno Silva fight and beating up Bruno Silva, but like, you know, he, he beat up Andre Muniz on the feet. If you, you, I mean, like 
I guess you could go all the way back to that Puna Soriano fight because that Puna Soriano fight, he kind of put it on Puna there too. Um, but he's now finished four out of his last five fights, all with rear naked chokes, which is pretty impressive. Although one being against Sam Alvey. <laughs> True. He's five, five and zero oh and seven and one now over his last eight fights. So he is definitely, um, he, uh, I, I guess they already were trying to get him to headline the card. I was going to say he is definitely in the headlining a fight night card range right now. And th- that was the plan originally. Anyhow, so definitely give him uh, a step up, give him a headlining slot. Sure. Let's yep. go. Great yes, entire. We're, we're on the same page. All right. Um, we had all the same picks except for one fight. So we had all the same picks for the main card there. We went two and two. Not very good. Not very good. Uh, one thing that is very good is Underdog Fantasy because we are brought to you by the one and only Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Media 4 is here and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and act, they're active in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. All right. Prelims seem to be where we make our money, especially Gumby. And that was no different here. Not in the main event, though. Neil Magny in the Spider-Man meme fight. Neil Magny, Magny beat Phil Rowe or Philip Rowe, if you want to be um, want to be more uh, precise. Split decision, 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. Magny uh, picked as the winner. Here, no, actually, going into it, we both had Rowe. But well, after watching the fight, Magny was, was my, uh, my winner on it. I, I think watching it live, I was looking at it a little rosy, rosy glasses. Yeah. But I, I, after I went back and watched it, I, I actually think Magny edged out the second round, which to me was the decider. Because um, Phil Rowe clearly won the first. Uh, Magny clearly won the third. And the second kind of determined the winner. Although I have to tell you, uh, if you look at the the judges' scorecards, we hate Sal D'Amato and Chris Lee. Am I wrong? <laughs> they have, I don't hate, it's a strong word, but they have, they have interesting opinions. Yes. Okay. I'm going to tell you. No that one both, agrees with. Both of them correctly scored round one for Roe. Both of them yep. correctly scored round three for Magny. And then they split on round two. So you can say Chris Lee, maybe not making the right move by giving it to Roe, but they split on round two. That's great. You know, you know, like they're, they're, they're pretty much right where they should be. Barry Luxemburg. Let's talk about Barry Luxemburg. Who died? Barry Luxemburg gave the first and second to Magny and the third to Roe. Um, yeah. No. Which makes me wonder if he knew which fighter was which. Uh, that was where I was headed. Kind <laughs> of as a joke, but kind of not. Because he had the exact you, you opposite. Watch the shorts. Well, he had the exact opposite scorecard as Chris Lee. They had, they had mirror imaging scorecards. So, like. Could he have just thought the same, same hair, same bodies. If you weren't watching the, sh- the color of the shorts, I can understand that, but he, not if he, you're paid to, to judge by not, not if you're Barry Luxemburg. <laughs> yes. Who, whoever that be. Yes. <laughs> Barry Luxemburg. Good name. Good name. That, but yeah, there's, the there, there's your all, there's your out title. Barry Luxemburg. Barry Luxemburg. All right. <laughs> um, Phil Rowe just didn't, didn't, I, it's hard to say he didn't bring it because, Fighting um, Neil Magny, it, Magny is is a tough ask for anyone. Um, I was hoping he would unload a bit more on the feet. He, he, but... he needed he needed to clinch up less. Let, that, you know, let's, let's call it yes, straight to straight. Like he, he every easier time he got... said than done though against Neil Magny. But I think he he made the conscious effort to clinch more than once because he was just That's in true. like an advantageous position. He was like, oh, I this is where I take people down. 
which is true, but it's Neil Magny. So like you were winning on the feet, back away, throw a couple more punches, circle away. And uh, he didn't do that. So it is what it is. You sure you were talking about the right, you sure you were watching the right person though? I'm pretty maybe, sure. Maybe it was Neil Magny yeah. you're thinking of. I'm, I'm no Barry Luxembourg though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an even better title. <laughs> I'm no Barry Just approved on it. There you go. Good job. That's why you're on the show. That's why you're on the show. But yeah, disappointing for Phil Rowe. And I, I think we, uh, not just us, everyone seems to overlook Neil Magny far too much. Probably his opponents do too. Um, yeah. I feel like we're on the wrong side of his fights often. He always comes through, it seems, except when he fights the uppermost, the, the toppermost of the poppermost. Then he, then he might lose to those. But but anybody anybody else, he, he, uh, he, he uh, is a good gatekeeper, is what I'm trying yeah. to spit out as I stutter. I agree. And Gummy says, I agree. Perfect. Um, all right. Next fight, we got right. Randy Brown looked good, like we were hoping, against Wellington Turdman, as the funny people in our Discord called him. Ha, ha, ha. Wellington Turdman uh, grew up, people. Come on. 29-28 across the board for Randy Brown. Um, beat Mr. Turdman. Looked better physically uh, down a weight class. Looked like a totally different fighter, actually. But um, don't know if we're going to see much more of him in the UFC. I think he gets another shake at, at 170 because I do think he looked pretty darn good against the guy who it's hard to look good against. So, um, yeah, yeah, not much to say about Brown. He'd be the guy he's supposed to be. Yep. He looked like Randy Brown is what yep. he did. The next man looked really good for us. Matias Rebecki. First, his opponent, Loik Radzhabov. Radzhabov. That's how you say it. Uh, he missed weight, came in 2.25 pounds overweight, or technically 1.25 pounds overweight. Um, 157.25 he was at. And then he got himself TKO'd by a punch from Mr. Rebecca, 236 into the second round. Rebecca is a dangerous, dangerous fighter. Still, you know, um, little dangerous betting on him because he, he's, he's a little wild still, but, you know, he, uh, he came through when we needed him last night. Yeah, and I, I like that he had a more technical approach to this fight too because the last one... He just spamming overhand rights and and not using yeah. any of his wrestling. Here he had a he had a clear idea of what Radzabov was going to do, and he just picked him apart. So um, nice win for him. I think he's going to be a problem at fifty five for people. Uh, yeah, he's just like he's too powerful, and his grappling is too good. Like he, he just, I mean, he's just like Matthews Gamera, who by the way you can watch them in a grappling contest against each other in Poland if you find it on uh, in the dark corners of the web. Uh, I've seen it before. It's pretty entertaining. But like he's just another Matthews Gamera. It's just a different last name here. Same country of origin. Uh, he, he's got a lot of the same skills. I, I think he's a little less disciplined than Gamera, but like sometimes being a little crazy helps. Sometimes being there's another good title, Dan. But <laughs> we already have the Luxembourg one. That's a good one though. Um, all right, Tabitha Ricci came through. So half of Jong's um, parlay came through. Unfortunately, he busted not uh, a. A member of uh, our friend Jong's stable, Tabitha Ricci, took care of Jillian Robertson, 29, 28, 29, 28, 30, 27. Robertson, um, the concerns I had about her came came true. She's still not very good on the feet. And uh, and Ricci is just as good of a grappler as her. Um, I'm still not willing to declare Ricci, you know, the an elite in the division or a title contender or even even a fight or two away from that. She still has lots of work to do, especially in the striking realm, but uh, passed another test last night. We had her at minus 125. Yeah, I don't think she fights long enough. I, and I think that's going to be yeah, a huge, she is small. Yeah. huge issue at this weight class. Um, and there's no weight class to go down to. Um, so like, she, she's got to learn how to, 
she's got to learn how to work behind a, a longer jab or a better straight or something like that. I think that'll help her. Um, also, I just want to quickly say, uh, you know, it was pretty obvious that Ricci had won this fight. Uh, when I heard 29-28 on two different judges, I was like, ah, I guess you could squint and give Jillian Robertson the second, um, like maybe. And I will tell you that Sal Diamato did give her the second, but Barry Luxembourg. <laughs> oh, again with that guy. Barry Luxembourg gave Jillian Robertson the first round, um, which in in that round she got taken down and was on her back for a good portion of it and was getting lit up on the feet. I, I like, again, was he watching the same fight we were? Uh, nobody knows for sure. Because they, they don't look alike either. They one do not look alike. dyed they red look, hair. Yeah, one of them very... short and Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, they look very different. <laughs> uh, funny. Um, yeah, Robertson's disappointing. Yeah, I think, I know she's still... Uh, fairly young, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not seeing enough progress out of my Canadian. Uh, but yeah, Ricci still, as John said in the discard, still a lot of work to do, but um, she's promising for sure. Uh, flyweights up next. Gumby hit this one. This was one of your big ones, buddy. Uh, Joshua Van came through despite the short notice. I, we all should have seen this coming. Chagas Chumagulab losing a split decision fight. Uh, I, I don't think it really should have been split decision. I, I had had him losing the fight. Gumby had banned at plus 170. Chumagulov um, lost another split decision. So he's one in six now in the UFC. Probably going to get shipped back to Liverpool after this one, right? Liverpool? Yeah. Oh, uh, he's not, uh, he's not a beetle? Because the haircut. If you want to call it that. That's, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty funny. Now, there were 11 media members laughing. who scored this fight, by the way. Uh, okay, yeah. All all of them scored at 29-28 for, for Joshua Van. Uh, I think it had to be obvious. Shumagulov wins the first. Van wins the second. Van wins the third. Um, it was really obvious that that was true. You might be surprised to know that the judge who scored this fight for Zhagas Shumagulov was Barry Luxemburg. No! <laughs> Our friend again, Barry Luxemburg. Yeah. Barry Luxembourg gave the, the third round to Shogun Shumagulov. I don't know how, but he did. Um, so there he is again. So for every, every Sal Diamato hater out there, every, uh, you know, whoever, you know, Adelaide Bird or anyone you hate, I got news for you. Barry Luxembourg's here. <laughs> Have we heard of this guy up until I, now? I, I mean, I'm literally Googling him as we speak. Okay. <laughs> um, Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. So what do you think of Van? I think, I mean, I knew he was the real deal. Like he's already yeah. a guy who I've, uh, I I've had scouted pretty heavily. Um, look at you. scouting yeah, people. Eh? Well, because he was, he was supposed to be on the first episode of the ultimate or, uh, the contender series. Like he, he okay, was, yeah. supposed, yeah, he was supposed to be on contender series. Um, episode one. He, I think he was going to fight Edgar Cherise. Um, but like, so I'd already kind of like watched him. Plus he was a fury FC champ. Um, which, uh, you know, like Fury FC is on while we're recording this. Um, so, Fu you know, I'd seen him a couple of times in Fury. He's so fast. Um, and, and like, not just because he's a flyweight, he's fast because he's, he's fast. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, he gave Shoggy Shumagulov trouble in every single way I predicted he would. Yep. There you go. Gumby, Gumby smart a lot of times. So he hit that one plus one seven. We both missed in Trevor Peak, but he he Trevor peaked it. He he looked the way we uh, expected him to look. Even through some of his patented hammer fists, standing hammer fists, but uh Chepe they were calling him Chepe Maris shawl. Boy, oh boy. 
He looks like a keeper as well. This probably should have been fight of the night. It was lots of fun. It was sloppy as fuck is what it was. Yeah, (laughs) it was like Leonard Garcia would have enjoyed this fight. Uh, 30-27 across the board. Yeah, I will just say um, this is what we signed up for when we picked Trevor Peak. I I, I said it in the Discord last night. I said it... um, I said it before he fought on Contender Series. I said, look, Trevor Peak is the worst fighter in this fight, right? Like, I thought, I think he fought Trey, was it Trey Waters he fought on Contender Series? Um, But, like, I was like, he's the worst fighter here. And it's not going to matter because he hits like a truck and you can't knock him out. He still hits like a truck. He still can't knock him out. The weird thing is he just happened to fight somebody else who also hits like a truck and can't be knocked out. Like, this was... Maybe the worst possible matchmaking for Trevor Peak if you wanted to see him succeed. Um, so, like, I, again, I'm I'm not – I don't think you sell on Trevor Peak. I still think he is exactly what we thought he was, is a dude with big hands and, like, maybe not the most fundamental, and he's going to be fun as hell to watch for as long as he's in the UFC. Um, but, like, yeah, he just met the wrong – I mean, he this, this could have been a Spider-Man meme fight, too. Like – uh, yeah. Chepe is a lot like Trevor Peak without the standing hammer face. <laughs> yep. Fun fight. Uh, the boys swap some leather here. Uh, we got a gift from the judges, a rare gift from the judges. Well, it was, wasn't a, a robbery or anything, but Josh Jenkins came through against Jamal Emmers, 27-30, 29-28, 29-28. I had Emmers winning the fight, um, but it doesn't matter what we think. Uh, the judges picked Jenkins. We had Jenkins at plus 175. Nice hit. Yeah, I, I had uh, Emmers winning the fight, too. I do think Jenkins clearly won round one. Uh, and I think two is a lot closer than people were giving it credit for being. I do think Emmers just ever so slightly edged it. And obviously, Emmers won the third. Um, but, like, I do think Emmers ever so slightly edged that second. This is the one where uh, Saudi Amato and Chris Lee uh, did their things, uh, where they gave Jenkins the second. But even then, I don't think it is that absurd of a scorecard to give it 29 28 to Jenkins I actually think 30 27 Emmers is a far worse scorecard um because yeah, I don't think Emmers true. won that first round and on any by any stretch of the imagination so um yeah like I I, I appreciate the gift because I too thought Emmers had won when we got to the cards um and I will I will take said gift because it was a plus 175 gift Yes, it was. It was. And we thank the judges for that. And then things didn't start very well last night. No. Or last year, yesterday afternoon. No. Cody Brunage, boy, oh boy, oh boy. He he was taking a lot of hate in the discard. We were in on him despite him taking this fight on short notice. So Drikas Dumas apparently can wrestle a little bit now. Didn't have to do much wrestling. Just had to take Brunage down and and uh, not do anything with it. But he won 37 Not take him down. Allow him to jump guillotine on him. Hey, that's true. He jumped guillotine three times, I think. Three, twice three times. And, and like that to me, I mean, like, unfortunately, Cody Brundage gave us everything. Every like stereotypical thing you can think of of somebody taking a fight on short notice and not being ready for it. Right. Yeah. He like. Looked surprised when his shit didn't work. He got tired. He got tired way too fast. He had a clear finish on his mind that he thought was going to work. Um, And like, then when it didn't work, he had no plan B. Um, Like, it it was just like a bad character of what you expect from a short notice fighter, which is upsetting too, because I think he wins that fight 99 times out of 100 with a full training camp. 
And I really think if he just was in a better mental space, I think he wins it on short notice or a better physical space too, because he got tired real fast. Um, Cause all he needs to do is not jump that guillotine and he probably wins that fight pretty easily. So um, pretty upsetting, but uh, you know, Hey, there, there's Cedricus Dumas. Uh, he's going to give us weird fights and be hard to bet on. So uh, let's bring him back for another one. Yeah. The, the stop calling him dumbass in the uh, discard last name started calling Brunajit instead. So we had, we had a lot of juvenile behavior, but it, it was, it was all in good fun. Um, so that concludes the event. Gumby seven and five up 124 bucks. Boom. Me six and six down 150 bucks. So Gumby is creeping. Oh, so close. He is what? 40, 29, 48, 49 bucks uh, behind me on the year. Yikes. 55. So I can, so I can do that. Ne- I can do that next week. And then you get, you could, the way voting. things are going. Damn. Gumby has been in the money on his overall picks, which is impossible to, well, last year I proved, I guess it wasn't impossible, but normally it's pretty hard to get a good, good stretch here where you actually win money. If you're betting hundred bucks on every fight, but Gumby has done it three weeks in a row and four out of five. Does that sound right? I think it's the, the streak is no, longer, five out of six, five out of six. There it is. I knew the streak was one, longer. <laughs> two, three, three and one, four, one, five, one, six and one. You're right. Wow. Six out of the last Gumby. seven. Yeah. Six out of the last seven. I think there yeah. you go. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, he's at 55%. I'm up 59%. As for our fancy picks, Gumby had Brundage as, as his lock. That didn't happen. Yikes. Um, I had Tyra. We didn't mention that. Tetsura Tyra's uh, bout fell through. Because Cleeton Hadhigas missed weight. Obviously, he's scared of Tetsuya Tyra. Uh, missed weight. And uh, the fight got canceled, sadly. Um, did not like to see that happen. So I missed my lock. Well, it was a push, technically. We both had Jack Jenkins as our dog. And we snuck by by the skin of our teeth on that one. And then we both missed on our props. You had Gabriel Santos via knockout. Uh, it looked Which, good. by the way, it looked good. Yeah, yeah it looked good. And that Phil Rowe via knockout did not look good at all. And Hungry Man Jong did not hit. Um, Gumby's killing it. He's up 11%. In uh, we're talking about return on investment 11% on his locks, 6% on his dogs, 2% on his props. The only one I am up money in, I'm up 6% on my prop picks. So I'm ahead of Gumby there, but he's he's kicking my butt in the rest of it. So strange things happen. Pigs are flying, blind squirrels are finding it. It's been a good year, and contender series hasn't even started yet. (laughs) It's true, but first, we have a Amazing event next week, I'm sure. Let's check what it is. It's called Dan. You've seen ESPN Strickland versus Magomedov. Yes. Abus I actually Magomedov. love this fight card, by the way. Of course you do. Let, let, let me read it off to all of you, and then you can see what kind of uh, person I'm dealing with here on the other end of the end of the line. Main event, Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. He of one fight in the UFC, and even hardcore fans barely know him. Co-main event, Demir Ismogulov, Grant Dawson. That's a good one. Then we got Max Griffin, Michael Morales, Ariana Lipsky, Melissa Gatto, Ismail Bonfirm. That bum, that's the not so good Bonfim brother, right? The least, the less good so, brother. I mean, I, had a I debate know there's in, a debate now. I yeah, I had a debate in the Discord. There, there's some uh, talk about Ishmael being the better one. I do think Ishmael is the less good one. Um, to me, he's less dangerous and a little bit worse defensively, but. Uh, apparently there, there are some who feel the other way, but yes, uh, I, I think the lesser of the two. Yep. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, your Sultan Ruzi Boyav, never heard of him versus Bruno Ferrer. <laughs> um, I'm sure Gumby has, uh, that I is have, the main yeah. card. 
of course, on ESPN. Prelims are also on ESPN. Kevin Lee is back, and they're throwing him right in the fire. Renat Fakhradinov, he's fighting, so he's going to lose again. Uh, Joe Anderson Brito, Weston Wilson, seems like a fake name to me. Yana Santos, a.k.a. Yana Kunitskaya versus Carol Hosa. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Guram Kutsaladze, Elvis Brenner, Ivana Petrovic, Luana Karolina. Alexander Romanov he used to be our boy. <laughs> Maybe he can get back to being our boy again versus Blago Ivanov in a very good chunky boy fight. It's very chunky. All right. Let us know. You, you like this event, right? Yeah. So good chunkiness at the, the at the bottom. <laughs> uh, I, I love the debut of Ivana Petrovic. She's somebody I've had my eye on out of uh, Aries for a while. So I'm excited about that. I'm intrigued as hell about what Kevin Lee does coming back. Um, Elvis Brenner versus Kutataladze is a sleeper good fight. Melissa Gatto is trying to bounce back from her first loss in the UFC. Um, I also just think I'd love a matchup where you're letting the young guy see if he can hang with like somebody who's numbered 16 through 22, you know, like somebody in that part of the division. And I think that's what Max Griffin, Michael Morales is. Um, and then you got ranked lightweights. How often do you get ranked lightweights on a fight card like this? Uh, and Demir Ismagulov versus Grant Dawson should be a banger. There you go. Gumby sold it to you all. Hopefully we'll be back to talk about that on Wednesday, but first we've got uh, our Monday non UFC event uh, to do. And this week it's going to be uh, cage Warriors. We will be covering. So uh, make sure you come back on Monday. The discord is sports podcast.com slash discord. Get in there and chat with us. Uh, Twitter, SGP and MMA Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox writer. Uh, I got a sub stack. You can get my MMA writing in your inbox every day and you can enter my free pick'em contest at money, mma.substack.com. Get Gumby in your ears again, minus me, another time a week with his Top Turtle MMA podcast. And all things sports gambling can be found at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So we bid you farewell for now. Um, tomorrow, the Rubisti Jeff Fox will be back. The prodigy Gumby Vreeland will be as well. And we'll talk some cage warriors. See you later.